I'm going to give you all an opportunity and a chance to do something this morning that we do, that sometimes every now and again we have the opportunity to do. And um, how many of you remember Chris and Cade that came here earlier this year during revival? Chris uh, uh, has a, he's a uh, he's a music minister. He does ministry and music. Uh, he's a worship leader. He's not just a song leader. The guy leads people into the presence of God. He has an amazing ministry. And um, recently, the Lord has spoken to him to do a ministry that they call the threshing floor. How many of you, so y'all have heard of it? Gabe has had the privilege of going and, and uh, ministering with uh, Chris and his son Cade um, in Ohio for two threshing floor events. Annie and I have been at both of those events. Uh, they've been incredible. I, listen, God, God is drawing his people to a place of worship. You know, the Bible says, Jesus, when he was talking to that woman at the well of Samaria, he said God is looking for worshipers, but not just ordinary kind of, not, not run-of-the-mill, Johnny-come-lately, you know, uh, worshipers, but he's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit, in fact, Jesus called those people true worshipers, true worshipers. Amen. Amen. You know, there had been a lot of worship that had gone on before Jesus and this woman had a conversation. In fact, that was that, that the woman kind of took the conversation that way. She was like, you know, who's right? Who, who worships right? Jesus was like, none of y'all really worshiping right. <laughs> God's looking for people that will truly worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, you know, when, when you've got people that will follow the leading of the Spirit and worship God in spirit and in truth, it opens up the windows of heaven. It opens up the door. You know, uh, we, we get a picture of us joining in with what's going on in heaven as far as praise and worship goes. The reality is, is that when we begin to worship God in spirit and in truth, all of a sudden heaven, we get the attention of all of heaven. I'm just thinking of Michelle Sander. You know, she, she went to be with the Lord uh, last year. I'm thinking about Emery, who went to be with the Lord recently. I'm thinking about people that we've known that have gone to be with Jesus. You know, they get a taste of Winter's Church when we get over there and we worship in spirit and in truth. Because all of heaven is like, hey, it's working. All of a sudden, we begin to make the sound of, uh, that heaven begins to make with us. And we worship God. But anyway, the, the threshing floor event, man, it's been powerful. We've, we've been to two of them. Well, Chris feels like he's supposed to take this all over the nation. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you something. That's a big vision. That's a big vision. Uh, but we as a church, we want to we get behind things that we know that the Holy Spirit is working in. And so Chris is uh, currently in the process of, of uh, accumulating equipment and things that things that are necessary to be able to put on these kinds of events um i think he told me the total amount it was going to take for them to do all this stuff that they needed to do was about 35k because they're trying to not go to uh, churches they're trying to do this you know i have i it's, it's my desire that we uh, uh go to scissor tail park we get on that stage out there to and put, take the threshing floor to scissor tail park oklahoma city but before that happens we're going to try to bring them here for uh, New Year's Eve, have a threshing floor event New Year's Eve here at Winter's Church. Amen. Clear all these chairs out of here and, I mean, really get people in, the, uh, in, in, there, in that flow of worship. But uh, you know what? I want to give you guys an opportunity. If you, if you sense in your heart that you want to sow an offering toward Chris and his ministry in the threshing floor, 
uh, that you, you be able to do that. And so um, if you want to do that and you want to do it through text to give uh, you can do that through text to give or you can do it through uh, one of these uh, uh, ways, through either, uh, is that Venmo? Yeah, through Venmo. You know, I'd recommend if you have Venmo that you uh, do that directly through Venmo or you can donate through the, their website at the threshing floor. But if you want to run it through the church, if, you'll t if you're going to give an offering to Chris and Cade today for this, um, if you want to run it through the church, then just select guest when you have the option. Select guest speaker, and we'll make sure that everything that comes in from guest speaker goes to help them to uh, fulfill the vision that God has given them uh, to, go to take people into the presence of God and worship all over the nation. Amen. I know some of you have a heart for worship. And uh, Isaac, right now, he's trying, to get a he's trying to get a praise out. He's trying to get a shout out. But, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to give you all that opportunity. All right, the second thing I want to do today is I want to talk to you about COVID. Um, there have been, recently there have been lots of said about COVID and uh, about this, uh, another variant, and uh, people are getting a bit worked up about COVID. Let me tell you something. We're not going to get worked up about COVID around here. We, listen, I, I, I'm not denying the existence of sickness and disease and infirmity, but we serve the healer. Amen. And so how do we, how do we deal with COVID around here? I'm going to tell you. Um, the way we deal with COVID around here is if you, uh, if you have symptoms of or have tested positive for COVID um, and you're, you know, you're, in that, you're in a battle with, uh, you know, with your health, we treat it like we would treat any other kind of sickness. You know, um, I'm not, the, I'm not the type of person that's going to tell people not to come to, I, I'm not the type of person. I, my belief system won't allow me to tell people to stay away from Jesus if they're sick. In fact, Jesus said something. He said, it's the sick that need the physician. Of course, he was talking about one's innermost being. But, you know, the sick, uh, physically sick, were also healed when Jesus ministered to them. So I, wanna, I, want, I want everyone uh, here to, to understand this. If you, if you come to Winner's Church, there's a chance you're going to be exposed to lots of stuff. Demon-possessed people are going to come in this church. People that are bound with evil. You know what? There are, two, there, are two, there, are two, there are people, there are two people that have actually been a part of this, that have been a part of this church. Well, that have come, one came to this church. Another one was a part and a member of this church. And they are currently incarcerated for heinous crimes and they either came to visit this church or were members of this church and they're they, i mean one of them one of them i believe meant to do some harm to to members of this church at one point you know they had a weapon in their car they came to someone's house during during an event that we were having uh, uh just before an event we were having for the church and i think they intended to do something that was demonic. I think the devil sent him, sent him there to try to do something that was very demonic, that was not godly. Uh, you say, were people's lives in danger? Listen, church, I'm going to tell you something. If, if we're doing the work of God, there are going to be times that our lives are going to be in danger. But you know what? You know where our trust is and where our hope is? You know, we, we, have, we have people that carry weapons here. In the, 
I, I wouldn't, re- listen, if you're going to get crazy, I wouldn't recommend pulling out a gun in a church, in church service. Or at Koinonia. There are people that you wouldn't expect them. Listen, there are women in this church will blow your head plumb off your shoulders. Because they are a good shepherd. But that's, we're not relying on that. That's not what we rely on. We rely on God. We rely on the heavenly host. We, that's what we, we rely on. We rely upon the, the, uh, uh, the truth of his word. We believe God. And so... Uh, we, uh, I believe Eric tested positive for COVID this uh, past week, and uh, so he's he's not here this morning. But he asked he asked me he's like, Pastor, should I come to church? I'm like, Well, you know, if you're over your symptoms, if you feel well enough to come, come. Here's what I recommend: if you're sick, if you feel sick, if you if you have a cold, if you have the flu, if you have COVID, if you have leprosy, if you have something of that nature, uh, be wise. If you have leprosy, don't go touching on babies. Don't go touching on everybody. You know what I'm saying? If you have COVID, don't be, you know. Amen. If you don't want to get COVID, don't go licking doorknobs. You understand? Uh, you got, you got, you know, it's, just be wise. Be wise. You say, well, pastor, what if, what if somebody comes and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm offended that someone would come here. Listen, if you're offended that someone would come to the house of God sick, believing the Lord for healing. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's a nice dead dry church down the road you can probably go to where as soon as, where as, soon as anything gets bad, they'll put a diaper on your face and lock the doors. But, and I, there's somebody, there's somebody they, they sent me a message. It was Don to tell me, Pastor, it looked like they're trying to shut people down again. I'm like, boy, they're going to have some problems around here. Number one, we didn't shut down the first time. Number two, we ain't about to shut down on a second round. And, and we're not going to be as quiet as we were either because we, I was pretty loud. But boy, I, I might take out a billboard if we gets too crazy. Put it right out here on the expressway. Right next to, right next to your dad. Put my mug on there. <laughs> what's, it, what's it say? One name? Is that what that... Help is here. Yeah, I'm a, that's what mine's going to say, too. <laughs> Help is here. Glory to God. His name is Jesus. Amen. But, uh, yeah, I was going into little mics. I look up, there's big Mike. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that, that's our policy. You know, uh, we, we'll, let you, we'll let you know. Uh, here's what happens when... When, when COVID starts to make its rounds, the devil be trying to attack the church. The enemy is going to try to attack you. He's going to try to come upon you. I know some of you have battled with uh, COVID. Some of you did better than others. Most of us, we came through it as if it was nothing. You know, a day and it was gone. Eric has struggled. <laughs> struggled a little bit harder this week. <laughs> pray for Eric. Amen. Pray for, really pray for Shelby. <laughs> but 
we're not we're not being reckless. We're 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 going to treat this like we treat any other sickness, any other disease. We believe God. We believe in the healing power of God. Uh, I think we found that most of what you know there there were people affected. I know Ralph was affected by COVID. This uh, he he had a he quite had quite a battle. There are other people that had quite a battle with COVID. Uh, I think Jasmine lost a cousin. Is that right? Jasmine lost a cousin. Uh, there are people that uh, Marcus Lamb, who was you know over. Uh, 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 Daystar Television evangelist, uh, he lost his life due to a battle with COVID. Um, there were definitely people that battled and lost their lives to this sickness. Does that change the truth of God's word? No, no it doesn't change the truth. What do we understand it? No, I don't understand it. But here's the thing: I'm gonna believe God's word. Amen. And so we're we're gonna keep going. If uh, uh, this was it January? Was this January? Was it last? Was this January? Everybody started getting sick with COVID. Was it this one or last one? Oh, it was the last one. It was last year. It wasn't this year. It was last year. Last January, nearly the whole church had COVID. So you know what I said? Everybody come to church. I mean, everybody's got it. The only 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 people didn't. Have, yeah, only people didn't have it was the guest speakers. And so I, yeah, and, and the key, yeah, well, so if you, I, 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 I should throw all y'all in there. But you know what? A lot of people had it. So I told, I told everybody that didn't have it, I'm like, hey, a lot of people got COVID, nearly everybody in here, so uh, uh, enter at your own risk. And uh, <laughs> my, my speakers, I'd pick them up and I'd say, hey, listen, lots of people at the church got COVID. You have a problem with that? They're like, I mean, isn't, isn't it too late? I'm already in the car on the way. I'm like, well, you get your faith up. Amen. That, this is revival. That's why we had you come, don't we? <laughs> but you know what? None of them, none of them, except for when Eric tried to serve him COVID chili. That was bad. But anyway, I mean, Eric is sweating. He's coughing. And he got a bowl of chili he hadn't eaten. He's like, does anyone want my bowl of chili? I haven't eaten it all. One of, one of our guests, Reuben, my cousin Reuben looks at him and said, Eric, nobody wants your COVID chili. <laughs> Eric was like, okay. <laughs> so that's where we're at with COVID. We, 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 don't, we, don't, uh, uh, it's, we don't sweat COVID. Glory to God. All right. Let's jump in the word here. Are y'all ready? I know, man, we took, took, took quite a bit of time. I need, we need to cut down on some of the fluff, don't we? I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out here in the next couple of weeks. Give us some more time in the Word. But anyhow, what I want to talk to you about today, go to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, this scripture that we've been talking about uh, for several weeks, and, and um, I just want us to read it. It'll be our golden text today. And I want to, uh, listen, look at someone, tell them God is about to help you. You are going to leave here helped today. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Today, you are going to leave here helped. Because the Lord has been talking to me this week, big time. And, uh, and uh, uh, amen. Is this threshing floor offering or is it your regular? Okay, awesome. Thank you, Don. Praise the Lord. Don, I sure appreciate you, brother. I, ho I hope I say that enough. I, I do. I appreciate y'all, man. God... God, God really has blessed us. Uh, so it's a uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, I think it's verse 1, isn't it? Is it Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1? Is that what it is? Oh, yes, there it is. 
Uh, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Put that up in the Amplified Bible. So the Amplified Bible says this way. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. So, you know, this verse of Scripture, I think, is uh, very important, not only to the entire body of Christ, but specifically to the people of Winner's Church in this, in this season. Number one, because I believe that God is, you know, uh, we, we talked about this on Wednesday. We talked about um, the, the, you know, when Jesus talked about the kingdom, he said the kingdom is like a seed, a, a mustard seed. When it's planted, it grows and springs forth and, it, you know, things like that. And so it talks about the kingdom being a seed and how that seed is sown. There is some seed that's sown by the wayside and some seed that's sown on stony ground and some seed. And then Jesus explains this parable to his disciples. That's what we talked about on Wednesday, that the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. But it's not just any word from God. It's that rhema word. Say rhema word. Now, a rhema word is a spoken. We have the logos word or the written word. You know, you can look at a word in the Bible and it, it just be written there. I'll give you an example. You know, how many of you have ever read the story of Zacchaeus? Oh, yeah. Right? Zacchaeus, we, if you don't remember the story reading it, maybe you remember the song. We used to sing it in Sunday school class. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Of course, that's probably politically incorrect today. But uh, he climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord to see. And, and uh, anyway, it ends with Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm going to your house today. That's, that's the song. So the story of Zacchaeus. You know, I read that story over and over and over and over again. And one day the Holy Spirit was even now, I was in a service where they were talking about Israel. And uh, it was kind of like one of, one of Dr. Bally's uh, services where he's talking about prophecy, Israel, end times, what we can expect, you know. And the Lord starts dealing with me about, Lord told me, go read that story of Zacchaeus. And I'm like, that don't have nothing to do with Israel, does it? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what does this have to do with what this man is preaching? It had nothing to do with what the man was preaching. But the Holy Spirit told me, go read. So I went to the story of Zacchaeus. I started reading that story of Zacchaeus. You know what I found out from that story? I found out that Jesus had never been to that place before. As I was reading it, I'd never seen that. Jesus had never been to that place before. He had never visited there. He had never gone there. And so this is Jesus' first time in this community going to that area, going to that region. And all of a sudden, he looks up in a tree, and he sees a man. And he doesn't look up in that tree and say, who's that fellow up there? No. He looks up in that tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today. This man who is a sinner, a, a, he, is, he, is, he is a heathen, jumps out of that tree and goes and takes Jesus up in his house. You know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, he said, um, he said, reason why Zacchaeus was so motivated to get out of that tree, he said, is because Jesus called him by name supernaturally. 
Jesus didn't know his name, but I gave, I gave Jesus his name by the Spirit. Supernaturally. So Jesus was calling out names supernaturally by the Spirit. Now, you know what? I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen that before. That was something I'd never seen in Scripture. So there, there's, there's a, a, a spirit of revelation. When a word becomes not just a written word or a logos word, it's not just a story, but it's a rhema word. You know that, what that sparked in me? That I should believe God that... Uh, uh, I should believe God that he can give me whatever knowledge and understanding he needs to give me to do whatever. In other words, if I'm in a place and he wants to give me somebody's name, I don't have to have known their name. He can give me their name supernaturally by the spirit. And if I'll be obedient and call it out, it'll have the impact that there, you know, after, after the Lord showed me that I was in Columbus, Ohio, I was looking at a woman and I kept hearing the name Bill and I would preach for a while. And then I'd look at her and I'd hear the name Bill. And I'd preach for a while, and I'd look at her, and I'd hear the name Bill. I was like, and I remembered what the Lord told me about Zacchaeus. So I looked at that woman, and I said, I keep hearing the name Bill. The minute I said Bill, the Lord said, tell her that Bill was hurt in this church, but I'm about to heal his hurts, and Bill is about to come and bow his knee and bow his heart to the Lordship of Jesus one more time. Bill is coming home. I said, Bill was hurt in this church. <clears throat> he, he walked away from God. And I, and I told her everything the Lord said. Tears start streaming down this lady's face. I said, does that mean anything to you? She said, yes, my husband's name was Bill. I said, does the word make sense? She said, yes, he was a, he was a, a deacon in this church. He was an elder in this church. He was heard in this church by one of the former pastors. When he was heard in this church, he left this church and he left, he left a serving the Lord and he's never stepped foot in church ever again. I said, well, get ready. He's about to come home. The Lord is drawing him. Uh, the Lord is drawing him into the kingdom. You know what that woman did? She got a copy of the recording. She took it home with her that night. She put it in a recorder. She played it for her husband, Bill. That, that, the next day, uh, she walked into church, and on her arm was Bill. Amen. I preached that night, and Bill walked the aisle and gave his heart to Jesus, and he's been in church ever since. Glory to God. Are y'all hearing me today? So when, when a logos or a written word becomes a rhema word, it takes on a different nature. Are y'all hearing me? The nature of the word is different. You know what? You can read something written over and over again. But when all of a sudden you hear it spoken and breathed out of the mouth of God about you, it be, when it becomes a revelation, when it's a revelatory word. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any of you ever gotten one of them revelatory words before? Every one of you have. When you, gave your, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you gave your heart to Jesus because of a rhema word. You might have heard the gospel preached over and over. Man, I heard Jimmy Swaggart preach the gospel over and over and over again. But there was one time when I heard the gospel preached, when the word of God was delivered, that my heart was pierced with conviction. Amen. That's what happened to you, Lindsay. Listen, you came and you hung out and it was like, yeah, that's cool. This is all right. But then the logos became a rhema. All of a sudden the word came alive and it took on, it took, it took, that word took on a different nature. You know what? You might've wanted to serve God before you got saved. You might've wanted to do right in the eyes of God. You might've even felt bad for what you were doing, knowing that what you were doing was immoral and wrong, but you were helpless to do anything about it until you got a rhema. Are y'all hearing anything I'm saying here today? 
How many times did we try to be good and try to do good and try to see some of you, that's where you're at right now. You trying to be good. You trying to do right, but you can't say no. You can't say no to nothing. You can't say no to him. You can't say no to her. You can't say no to drugs. You can't say no to alcohol. You can't say no to fighting. You can't say no to bitterness. You can't say no to offense. You find yourself snagged up in all that nonsense every day of your life. And it's driving you crazy. It's robbing you of your joy. It's robbing you of your peace. It's robbing you of your money. Some of you, you, some of you, you had children, you had a family, they were stripped away from you because you couldn't say no to things that you knew you had to say no to. Boy, I'm preaching. There are people sitting in prison, sitting in jail. They, heard, they, they, they tried it. Do you know the only thing that makes us different than any of them is that we went from having a logos word, knowing, having a head knowledge, having gone to a place of mental ascent, knowing what the word said in our heads to where it became a revelation. It went, and and maybe, maybe, maybe it's hard for some of you that have not had that experience to understand. But when, when all of a sudden something that you have heard over and over again throughout your lifetime takes on life, Glory to you. See, Raphael's back there saying, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, Raphael has a testimony, a testimony of trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And there's something to be said. But listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking people that try. You ought to try and keep on trying until you get a rhema. But see, that's, that's the thing. People are st still trying to do this in the strength and in the power of their own might. They're trying to say no in the strength of... Listen, you, you, they're, they're, they're trying through willpower to get it done. Guess what? Your will don't work that good. Your will don't work that good. So we need a rhema word from God. We need a living word from God. We need a revelatory word. A revelatory word takes on, causes, causes that word to take on a nature that brings freedom and deliverance, that takes you out of your circumstances and elevates you, takes you out of your place and elevates you to the place where God is. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm preaching myself happy here. Uh, put that scripture up there again, Marissa. Keep it up there and amplified for just for a bit. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever before to the truths that we've heard. So are, are all the truths that we've heard, have they become revelatory to us yet or, or not? No. We are in the process. That's what we talked about last week. This that we have is progressive. Our deliverance, our freedom is progressive. We have been delivered. We are being delivered, and we continue to be delivered. It's progressive, not that God is evolutionary or that the things of God evolve. We, evolution is not, is not something that, you know what, that's not God. Evolution is not, God, God isn't about evolving. But revelation, truth, the understanding of truth, the coming into the liberty and the freedom that that truth supplies and provides for a mankind. It's progressive. And the reason why it's progressive is because 
we get our revelation is progressing. We go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We see something from one perspective in one season of our life, and then in another season of our life, God reveals by His Spirit a different facet of something that He's shown us in His Word. I'll give you an example, another example. You know, the Bible says, uh, the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, that word says what it says. And when we, when we hear what that word says, it says this in, in its simplest form. Our battle is with the devil, is not with people. Our battle is with the devil and not with people. But when, when the Spirit of God breathes on that, there's a revelation. There's a revelation. It, it all of a sudden gets revelatory. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers. When, when, when the Spirit of God brought revelation to many people about that verse of Scripture, now all of a sudden we understand the hierarchy of the devil. We understand that principalities are the lowest form of spirits that we deal with. Powers are the next level of spirits we deal with. Rulers of the darkness of this world are the next order of hierarchy in the demonic realm. Spiritual wickedness in high places, that's the it's the hierarchy. It's the hierarchy. But you know, then I got, a, I got an even deeper revelation than that on that verse of Scripture. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Say rhema. rhema. See, when that revelation comes, it'll, now you get a revelation. Okay, now I'm dealing with a hierarchy of, of, of spirits. You know what? Then you look at the names of those things, principalities. So if you're dealing with a principality, the lowest level of demon that you're dealing with, why is it called a principality? Well, because it's going to attack you in your principles. What are principles? Well, they're laws. Laws that we live by. <laughs> well, see, there's, there's more revelation there too. I'm looking at that same verse of Scripture and, and the word wrestle. Just the word wrestle. Spirit of God breathed on that word wrestle. Lord said, I want you to look up wrestling. Paul wrote that, you know. I looked up the word wrestling. Do you know why? You know, Paul, he talked a lot about fighting. Fight the good fight of faith. He talked about a lot of sports stuff. Run the race. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. You know, he, he, talked, he talked a lot about different kinds of sporting, sporting kind of event. So I looked at the, up that wrestling. And I, when I looked it up, I looked it up in the context of when Paul would have been, you know, alive. Do you know back in the day when Paul was alive was around the time the Olympics had begun. And in the Olympics, one of the first uh, events one of the main events in the Olympics was wrestling. It was wrestling. And so I thought, well, if Paul was talking about wrestling, he wasn't, he wasn't thinking of wrestling like we think of. He wasn't thinking of Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage. You understand? He wasn't like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to get it. That wasn't what he was thinking about. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking. He was thinking about wrestling in the context of his 
time. And so, you know what? When I did a study on that, you know what I found out? That in Paul's day, when people wrestled in, in competition, when there was a competition of wrestling, the one, the victor, the one who won the match, after they won the match, they had the right to take and to sear out the eyes of the competitor with a hot iron. So it wasn't for gold medals. It wasn't for a picture on a Wheaties box. It wasn't for endorsements that they were doing this stuff. These, these people were wrestling for their lives. Right. And so you, you would see people, if you saw people with their eyes seared out, you know that they had been defeated in a wrestling match. So here's the revelation. Here's the revelation. When Paul was telling, when Paul was telling these people, you wrestle not at, are y'all listening to me today? See, some of y'all ought to listen because some of y'all have had your eyes burned out. When Paul, when Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, there's a whole different urgency because there's a whole different urgency that comes with it when you understand the context with which he was. He was thinking about two men that were fighting sometimes to the death. One of them was going to go away and their vision was going to have been stolen from them. So here's what Paul was saying to the Ephesians. You, you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and rulers of the day. And you know what you're in danger of losing? You're in danger of losing your vision. That's right. And, you, and then you know where it's, the reason I brought that one up is you know where that's confirmed? In this scripture. Not that one right there, but the one that was, I said to leave up there. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Thank you for <laughs> Really like, I'll try to help you, Pastor. Anyway, <laughs> so, that, so then this scripture should take on a whole different. You ought to see this one from, amen. Well, I'm about to throw a microphone. Oof. This ought to take on a whole new meaning to us. Since, since this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention that the truths that we've heard. That we, don't, that we don't turn loose of them. That we don't let them go. Don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. You're in a wrestling match, but you don't want to. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to lose. It ain't over. It ain't over till you win. Don't give up. Don't lose your vision. You know what I found out? I, I found out that most people who are believers, when we, when we first go into this, our vision, man, listen, when I first got born again, I was going to win the whole world to Jesus. I knew that God had made a change in my life, and I knew that if, if I put my heart to it, set my heart to it, set my mind to it, that I could win the entire world to Christ. I don't know, see, it's... Debbie handed me a deal. I'm, I'm, I don't know where this one came from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you, Ted. I said, like, it's okay. I washed it. <laughs> Someone heard Ted singing, Here I am to wash it. They were like, Wor wash what? <laughs> yeah, everything. 
<laughs> How many washers you got, Ted? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so, so understand, when I first got born again, I was going to win the whole world. I didn't even need nobody to help. I'm going to do this all myself. Then I had a wrestling match. Because you're going to have a wrestling match. How many of you have ever lost a wrestling match against the devil? I have. Well, every time you lose, you know what happens? A little bit of that vision. is Think about people that started out in the gospel. Some of you, where you started out. You started out when you started off. You started off. Wasn't that going... Wasn't nothing going to break your stride. Wasn't nothing going to hold you down. No, no. Got to keep on moving. <laughs> hey, you never know when it's going to break out. It's like, a, it's like glee up in here. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> See, if Gabe had been on the piano, it wouldn't even have stopped. He'd be... <laughs> we've been we've been we've been in some wrestling matches i i've i've lost some battles against the enemy i i've fought and lost some of those battles and what happened what happened when you lost that battle? you know what some of us especially those of us that have been doing this for all, some of us i'm, I'm in i'm into my message I, I promise you i know some of you like you said you was gonna preach on revival i am I am. I'm going to help you out with where you're at. Say this with me. Say, God's about to help us. See, I'm tricking you. He's Jehovah Sneaky. I'm tricking you. you. You fight. You lose a battle. And what happens? A little bit of your vision goes away. You know, I started, I'm going to win the world. People start out, I'm going to win the world. And you're, you're fully persuaded of it. Nothing's going to hold you back. You're ready to die for Jesus as well as live for him. You're ready, to, you're ready to do what the Bible says. Give up mother, father, son, daughter, life, everything. Whatever it takes. And when you started out, that's how you started out. Couldn't nobody get you to go to a birthday party on Sunday? Couldn't nobody get you to do a cookout on Sunday? You wasn't about to go to the lake. You wasn't about to... You scheduled everything around God. But then you wrestle a bit. Some of you, you wrestle with the very, amen. The very people that you were determined that you were going to keep them from influencing you. My father was one of those people. My father, my father. He started being affectionate toward me. That's how the devil, you've now, I'm, my dad's not full of the devil, but, and I think my dad had, he had legitimate concerns. He thought I was going crazy. And he had never been, my whole life he'd never been affectionate toward me. Never. Never. No hugs, no I love you, no sit on my lap, no, none, of, none of that stuff. But all of a sudden when I'm born again and I'm, I'm seeking God and I'm moving toward the things of God, now all of a sudden he has a concern about me. And one day when I'm getting out of the car to go to church, he begs me not to go in. Please don't go in there. I'm tired of you coming out of there with your feelings hurt. 
These people don't understand. You need to just come home. I think you're, I think you're going crazy. I think you're reading that Bible too much. It's driving you nuts. When we first start out, there's, there's nothing going to keep us back. Nothing. But when you lose a few battles, then you're like, well, maybe I won't win the world, but I'm going I'm to win this city. I'm going to win this city. And it sounds good because people are like, that sounds more reasonable, you know, city instead of the world. You know, you're a little out there. Because you know what? They lost their vision a long time ago. Then you go through a few more battles. Battles with churches, church people, pastors. And a little more your vision goes away. Well, you know what? I'm not, I may not win this city, but bless God, my family's, my family's going to be born again. Amen. My family's going to be saved. Then you go through another battle. Man, by the time it's all over with some of you, like, Lord, I hope I make it. <laughs> I mean, your vision's gone. You like, you was going to win the world. Now you're like, Lord, oh, Lord. But see, that's, that, 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 that whole, all those ideas, that whole way of thinking, all of this that we've been talking about here, it ought to give us an idea of revival and what revival is. You know, people have this idea about revival. Let me tell you something about revival. You're not going to pray revival in. Listen to what, I, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You can go on a, you can go on a hundred day fast in prayer for revival, and that's not, that's not how revival is going to come. That is not how revival comes. People have, I've been, I see these posts all the time on social media. You got people that, I don't know how they became experts on revival. I mean, they went to a revival and it didn't even help them. They, 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 they were angry when they, you know, you know what I mean? They, it was revival and they were offended. How dare they? I didn't even leave there feeling better. Because that's their idea of revival. You know, if you go to revival, you got to leave there feeling better. I got news for you. The, there's one prerequisite for revival. Death. Death. If Before you can have change, you got to die. Before you can have revival. Look, how do you get revived? Well, if you're going to revive, you have to have been alive and died. Or come close to it. And then be revived. That's, that's what revival is. It's, it's having lived and then either died or come to the brink of death and then be revived. Well, you know what? Have you ever seen them revive someone who died? Come on, some of you watch these stories. On Have you ever seen someone physically brought back from the dead? It is violent. It's vi you got people shoving on somebody's chest. You got people breathing 
into blowing into people's mouths. You, you, you got paddles with electricity. Listen, you would never, you would never subject yourself to that kind of abuse, physical abuse, if you were healthy and living and alive. But when you're dead, are y'all hearing me today? When you're dead, sometimes it takes something that you would never do when you were alive and okay and breathing in order to bring you back. Well, he's too rough. What do you mean too rough? You got people that are drowning. They're dying. We're grabbing them. We're, we're trying to swim them to the shore. <laughs> imagine. Imagine someone is drowning. They're dying. You're swimming them to the shore. You're grabbing. They're trying to get them. You know, they're trying, to, they're trying to sink you too. They're in a panic. You're doing whatever you can to get. You dislocate their arm or their shoulder when you're, when you're, getting, when you're taking it. You break their nose or something because they, they caught your elbow. And when you get to the shore, they're angry because you busted their nose. They're angry because you dislocated their shoulder. They're angry. So that's like, that's like you performing CPR on somebody and them suing you because you broke their ribs. They performed mouth to mouth and gave me COVID. I said, yeah, but are you dead? Oh, come on, somebody. Go hop reaching right now. See, we've, we've, got to, we've got to get rid of re- the religious way people think about revival. Well, if we'll pray enough. No, listen, you've got to die enough. You've got, to die. you've got to come to the place where you realize that you are dead, that you are dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. Without him, you have nothing. You have, you, you've, got, you've got to get to that place where you know that your need of him is greater than anything on planet Earth. We're gonna, if you'll repent, if you'll repent, listen, I'm going to tell you, right. number one, let me tell you this. You can't pray like you need to pray until you're revived. So you're not going to pray revival in, but you know what will happen when you get revived? You're going to want to pray. You're going to want to pray when it's hot. You're going to want to pray when it's cold, when it's slippery outside. Listen, you don't get, you, you ain't looking for you the name of your church for cancellation. During inclement weather days, when you when the when when you in revival, you like I rebuke this weather in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you. I thank you that if if it does, if there is ice, you gonna make my tires ice proof in Jesus' name, Lord. I'm gonna drive there. You gonna take me safely there and back. Glory to God. Well, if you'll repent, listen. You don't repent good. Just look at every January the 1st. I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the Man, you sign up. You sign on the dotted line. They put you under contract. You come for three. Michael sees him every year. Three days. For three, for three days, he's fighting with people for weights. After three days, it's him and the crickets one more time. 
<laughs> See, some of you, some of you paid a gym membership now because you repented. <laughs> but you still, you, all you lifting now is cheeseburgers and french fries. That's what you lift every week. Now, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying this. Repentance can't, we can't, we don't repent good. We don't repent good. So there's some people, well, if we'll all just, if God's people, which are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray. Good luck. That's Old Testament scripture. That's when all they had to rely upon was themselves. It was heavily works-based. But in the New Testament, we don't really, re listen, you want to talk about repentance. Holy Ghost gets on you, you will repent. You'll turn away from, listen, you'll turn away from stuff. You'll be like, I know how, you'll get up here crying, I know how it happened. <laughs> Thank God, hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all, it's real. It's real. <laughs> Come on, we all been there, haven't we? Up here snotting and slobbering and crying. And it was because revival came that we were able to do this. See, those are the things that happen when revival comes. Burn, burning, your, <laughs> burning your old record albums. Breaking your CDs. Do they even make those anymore? Smashing your eye, your, your, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, smashing your MP3 player. <laughs> See, back, back when I was young, they had record burning, record burning services, tape burning. Yeah, you're burning Beatles and everybody else, man. I mean, just stacks. And, and then, you know, of course, Christians, we like to make everything dramatic. So they're like, look at the, look at the flame. It looks green. Yeah, that's because it's burning plastic. You know, dumb, dumb. Uh, look at that smoke. Doesn't it look demonic? Well, you know, plastic and things like that, uh, it creates a different, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, we swear that it was the demons coming out of that, you know, out of that stuff. And we thought if we could just burn our books, if we could just do these things. But you know, when you look at scripture, they didn't burn books and records. And of course they didn't burn records, but they didn't get rid of their stuff until they were revived. Because you won't get rid of your stuff until you revive. See, re revival, all these things that we think that we're having to do before revival comes, they're really things that don't happen until revival arrives, until we're filled with God's Spirit, until the Holy Ghost moves upon us and touches us in a manner that causes us to depart from these things. Because when God's Spirit comes on us, when revival comes, all of a sudden things that we've read that were written in the book come alive to us. They become rhema. They become revelatory. And it's life-changing. It's life-changing. So... Uh, I, I put on Facebook, I was going to preach on, on these things. Revival. Uh, where will God move? What will God do? Uh, who will he use? And what will it look like? So, I keep looking at the drawing. I moved it over because, man, it was digging in, digging in his arm. First of all, I want to I say this to y'all. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. The enemy be trying to let, have you all let slip what the Lord has told you. Some of you started out with the rhema, but you've been through a battle. And the enemy has slowly tried to whittle away at your vision. I was talking to Tyler and Ayla. I was talking to Sheree about this. I was talking to Pastor Annie about this. One of the things that I'm realizing about this last day generation. So let, let, me, let, me, answer the, let me answer the questions in the order that I brought. Where will God move? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the It's very simple. Uh, anywhere he's allowed to move, God will move. Anywhere he's allowed to move, God will move. At church, at the supermarket, on the street, at the bar, in the crack house. Anywhere that God is allowed to move, at your house, in your life, in his life, in the lives of your children, in the church, in the Methodist church, in the Baptist church, in the Lutheran church, in the Presbyterian church, in the Catholic church, in the Pentecost. God will move wherever anyone will allow him to move. And guess what? We're not the ones, we're not the ones who determine where he moves. You know, I could, I've, I've, there have been many times I have looked in many places and believed that there was no open door for the Lord to move in certain individuals, in certain ministries, in certain denominations, in certain places. If, if, I'd, if, I'd, if I'd have thought God would move anywhere, I wouldn't have believed that he'd move in some of the places where I've seen him move. You know what I found out early on? I found out I don't really, I don't, I, I don't really, I can't really encompass in my reasoning or in my limited ability, I, I'm, I, can't, I can't really determine where it is that God will move. So you know what I have to do? I have to believe that he can move anywhere. At any time. Anywhere, at any time. Anywhere where he is allowed to move, he will move. And whether he's allowed to move or not is not always determined by me. Because I've looked at people that I believe God, I believe they wouldn't allow God to move. I remember when we were at, at Bethesda Worship Center. We'd been there for 22 weeks. Of, we had 22 weeks of revival at Bethesda Worship Center in Richmond, Indiana. And the Lord, y'all have heard this story. The Lord told me he wanted, to, he wanted that, that revival to be citywide. I was like, okay, amen. I'm, I agree. But Lord, you're talking to me like it's my fault to say citywide. I mean, I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm, I'm, I'm being obedient to you. He said, that's why I'm talking to you. You need to be obedient. And, he, and he, y'all know the story. I won't, I won't get into it right now because it's not, that's not the important part. But he told us to have that meeting with pastors, which I was like, nobody's tried that before. You know, meeting with pastors. <laughs> How successful has that been in the past? That was in my mind. But I was obedient to the word of the Lord. What, what, was, just, what was just a logos became a rhema. When it became a rhema, the word took on a different nature. Lots of people had had the ideas of meeting with pastors. Lots of people hadn't gotten a rhema word from God to meet with pastors. See, it can be a good idea, but until God breathes on it, it ain't going to work. How many people have tried to get pastors together to no avail? Because it was a good idea. But when God told me, get pastors together in this city, have lunch with them, tell them you're having a healing. God told me to get denominational, non-Pentecostal, spirit-filled pastors along with spirit-filled preachers together and have lunch with them and tell them to come and join us in a healing service. 
Ralph, the Lord told me to talk to a bunch of non-Pentecostal people. Tell them, would you come to this healing service we're having next Friday? We've been in revival 22 weeks. We're having a healing meeting. I'm talking to Baptists, Lutherans, Nazarenes. I don't think we had a Catholic there. Christ, Christian church. I said, here, I said, here's the thing. I said, you may not believe the way we believe. We're not asking you to believe the way that we believe. But I said, some of you have people in your church. If, you don't, if they don't receive some kind of supernatural healing, they're going to die. I said, you know what? What have you got to lose? Bring them to the meeting. Bring them to the meeting. I don't remember if it was Ted. I think it was Ted that was with me uh, on this. Maybe, maybe it might have been Hilda. It might have been. It was somebody. Maybe it was Tyler even. But the Assembly of God, the Assembly of God pastor was, was there. Named Carlos King. I looked at that fellow. When I looked at him, I knew he was. I, I looked at him. I'm like, he's Assembly of God. Oh, it, was, it was Ted. It was you, Ted, wasn't it? That Assembly of God pastor looked at me. He says, I'm going to be there at that revival. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm coming. When he walked away, Ted was standing there with me. I looked at Ted. You know what I said to Ted? I said, Ted, that man will be the last person to show up at this revival. There's no stinking way that dude's coming to this revival. He's assembly of God. There's no way. But I'd been obedient to the Lord. It was a rhema. Oh, yeah. Well, the night of that healing service, I walked out of the place where I had been praying halfway through worship. I walked into the foyer, and who did I meet in the foyer? The pastor of that Assembly of God church, Carlos King, came walking in. I said, Pastor King. He's like, hey. I said, I didn't expect to see you here. He said, well, I told you I was coming. You know what? I confessed to him what I had said to Ted. I said, you know what, when, I, when, I, uh, when you came and told us that, I looked at my friend Ted and I said, Ted, that man will be the last person to come to this meeting. I said, I apologize, brother. I said, I didn't really expect you to, to be here. He said, that's okay. He said, I wouldn't have missed it for nothing. Go ahead, man. That's, a rhema word takes on a different nature. It affects things a different way. So uh, that night, the building was filled beyond capacity. There was standing room only in the back. If I had to guess how many we had there, it was, it was in excess of 400 people, maybe 500 people. The place was packed to the gills. We laid hands on Methodists, Nazarenes, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Full Gospel, Pentecostal, Charismatic. We laid hands on everybody. The sick were healed. The bound were set free. Before we left that church that night, that Assembly God pastor said to me, can you bring this whole revival to my church? And that's what sparked that revival. We took the entire revival. We went to the Assembly of God church. And for the next, that was 22 weeks in. For the next 27, 28, almost 30 weeks, we continued on with revival all over that city. As God, as God moved by His Spirit from church to church, from place to place, all over the city of Richmond. God, God, will, God will move where anyone, where anyone will allow Him to move. So you know what you've got to be determined to do? You've got to be determined that you're going to allow Him to move. Turn to someone, tell Him, let Him move. 
I'm, I'm still about to help you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to prophesy over you here in a second. Every one of you. Every one of you. Because God's been giving y'all rhema words. That's why Raphael's free. I'm about to clear out just an area where Raphael can dance. You, you listen, you got to have a rhema word to come from where he's been to come to church and dance and worship before God. And I know some people get nervous. No, you follow the, you follow the rhema word. And listen, I knew he was in revival when Anna come up here and started singing. And I know she didn't want to. She didn't want to. She's like, Pastor, I just heard us singing this song, and I heard us singing this. And she's like, so you go ahead and sing, Pastor. I'm like, no, Anna, you heard it. You don't let don't let any, don't let anybody put you out there because you you if we you know when people do that when people sing that back to you and they're you know, when people sing that they're not making fun of you you know that right they're not making fun of you no they're not they're not that was powerful I know Andrew does, I hear I hear Andrew do it all the time he's not in here is he I hear him do it all the time that's power we 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 broke out because of your because of a rhema. Because of a rain. See, God, God's speaking rain of word. There's some of you sitting here, you maybe you hadn't been in church in a long time. And the only reason you sit here is because you got a rhema. Because something revelatory popped in your spirit. Because God's talking to you. You know what you need to expect? You need to expect that God can do it anywhere He's determined He's going to do it. Anywhere where He's given availability. And the freedom to do what he wants to do. Oh, yeah. Amen. Some of us, our current circumstances. Oh, I need to hurry. Man. Uh, some of you, your current circumstances don't, don't have you in the place where you feel like you can complete and fulfill what God wants you to do. I was talking to Tyler Naylor. I was talking to Shri. I was talking to Ann. One of the things that some of you wrestle with is Shri. Shri, can, she can't stand to be working right now. She cannot stand to be doing her business. She can't stand it. She hates it. She's like, I hate this. I hate doing this. I do not want to do this. I want to do ministry. I want to minister to the law. I said, Shri, what does that look like to you? She said, it looks like what it looks like. I'm like, oh, amen, amen. <laughs> you know, Shree, she get very, she get, she, she be crying and everything. I'm like, it's all right, Shree, it'll be cool. But we're, we're talking, I mean, we're talking. And she's like, I just feel like I've spent so much time on this job. Anybody been feeling that way? Man, I'm just, I have to be committed to this job. And I'm working, and I've got kids, and I've got a family, and I've got all these things going on, but I have this passion that's rolling around in my heart to do what God's called me to do, and it just doesn't seem like there's ever been an open door. And of course, y'all hear, hear my story, and I'm like, yeah, I was a teenager. I went into the ministry a year after I got born again. And you're like, you dirty rat. 
You started preaching a year after you, you didn't even know nothing and you was preaching full time. But you know, but, but you know, we, we have a tendency to tell people that, but we don't, we don't really tell them the battle. We don't tell them the fight. We don't tell them how that our stupidity got us in lots of trouble. How the things that we didn't know tripped us up. How that, uh, here's the other thing that a lot of people don't understand. I, I went into the ministry at 16 because I was able to. I was living with my dad. He was paying all my bills. When you're in a situation like that, God can work a whole heck of a lot more with you when you have no responsibilities. But the minute you take on a wife and you have children, do you know God cares a lot about your kids and your wife? Or your, your kids and your husband? And once, once you have these responsibilities, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord will make sure that you take care of your responsibilities. Because God is a God of His Word. Once God obligates Himself to something, yeah, that's right. Listen, when you had kids, you obligated yourself to them children. Some people are like, next 18 years. 18 years? Are you kidding me? Forever. Forever. gone in 18 years they still there in 18 years then they popping some out you know I was telling Annie I said you know we we got Michael's out the house we got one on the way out the house I said we, we're gonna buy all new furniture then I started thinking about grandkids I'm like well <sighs> I was so excited about the renovation and I'm like well Let's just get more durable stuff. You know, I'm, y'all are going to come to my house. It's going to be like my grandma's house. It's going to have that plastic stuff on it. <laughs> plastic runners on the floor. Plastic stuff on it. You go sit on the couch and be like. <laughs> you go get. Every Puerto Rican house is that way. You get, you get off and, and your back. <laughs> it's like taking saran wrap off of your skin. <laughs> you walk on them runners and touch people and shock them. <laughs> but some of us, we can't even fathom, you know. And, and then you hear my testimony, and you're like, well, Lord, why did Brother Ziggy get to do ministry while I'm still here working? You know what the Lord been dealing with me? You know what he's been telling me? He's like, son, some of, the, some of your folks, they got it wrong. Some of them, they have the same expectation that I'm going to do for them exactly how I did with you. That some of them are never going to have to work. They're never going to have to do the, they're, they're going to get to do ministry and all the. He said, what they don't understand, he said, is, is that um, there, some of you, you don't think you're doing what God wants you to do right now. And you know what? You are smack dab in the center of God's will doing exactly what it is that he wants you to do. Some of you, he wants you at Paycom. That's where he has for you right now. Lewis, he wants you in that city. That's, that's exactly where he went. That, that may not be where you want, but especially right now in these days, you're like, oh, dear God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> See, people think black people don't burn and, and they don't get, you know. 
Listen, we're dark-skinned people. We burn. Places where nobody else be burning. <laughs> Top of my head. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Anyway, so. <laughs> my wife. You know, my wife has wrestled for years. And we've prayed. We have prayed and we've said, Lord, is this right? But you know what? There's something in us that says, I'm missing out. I'm not fulfilling what God wants me to do because I'm somehow I'm tied to this. But you know what? You know what the Lord showed me? The Lord showed me that he never, he didn't intend for everyone to do like I'm doing in ministry. Am, am I still okay? I know your butts are probably falling asleep, but hang on with me for a second. God didn't intend for everybody to get, to, to do this the same way that I'm, I that he did with me. I don't know why God did with me the way he did with me. He just did. And I had to go with what he, what he was showing me, how he did with me. But you know what? Some of you all, God put you in a different place, doing different stuff. And God's going to do it with you different than the way he did it with me. See, I've been doing ministry all my life. But you know what I'm just now realizing after all my life of ministry? That all that I've done in ministry hasn't been the main thing that God has wanted me to all that I've done has only been in preparation for right now that I have never really fulfilled God's purpose in my life I've just been working toward the fulfillment of it and I know it's not not because of my age it's not because of my age that this is happening to me it's by revelation of the spirit the Lord's like, boy, you, you, you say, oh, I've been in ministry. He said, boy, you've been practicing. You haven't been no ministry. You, you, ministry? This isn't what I created you for. This isn't what I created you for. This isn't the main event. You hadn't been in the main event yet. I'm like, Lord, but I'm getting older. I'm getting older. You know what he said? He said, you had to be older for me to do what I needed to do through you. He, he told me, he said, son, I created you for this time. I didn't create you for what you've done. I created you for what I'm getting ready to do in you. He said, and all them folks that you have that are discontent with where they've been through, what they've been through in life, how they feel like they've squandered away their life and everything else but ministry. He says, I've been, he says, this is their, this is their season. All that I have done with them, I have done with them in preparation for what I'm going to do with them right now. He said, everybody want to look at everybody that's been in... That's what he told me. He says, everybody wants to look at everybody that's been in ministry their whole life. He said, what about Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth didn't go into the ministry until he's 50-some years old. 55. He's nearly 60 years old. Nearly 60 years old, went into a miracle ministry. God put him in a miracle ministry, and he turned the world upside down in a short period of time. Catherine Coleman. She's in church nearly her whole life, but didn't come to prominence in her ministry until she was on along in age. She may have been in her 50s. I can't remember. I, know, I think she was. I think she was in her 50s before that miracle ministry kicked in and Catherine Coleman began to do the healing ministry. 
And she wasn't in ministry for a long time. She was in the ministry for a short time, really prominent in ministry for a short period of time, like Smith Wigglesworth. There have been a lot of people that they're Marie Woodworth Etter. She didn't have a long ministry. She went in ministry a long time, but the time that she was doing the ministry that God called her to do, she was impactful. Turn the world upside down. The apostles, they didn't have these long, you know, celebrating 50 years of ministry. We wear that like a badge of honor. And it's not really 50 years of ministry that we've done. 40, 40 years may have been preparation. 40 years may have been practice. 45 years may have been practice. We might have really only had five years worth of ministry. And some people, they're celebrating 50 years of ministry. And maybe their ministry was, fit, was really done. The main part of it might have been done 10 years earlier. See, we have this idea that long ministry... That being in ministry a long time, that's what it's about. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We're not in ministry until the Lord releases us into our ministry. That rhema that's been kicking around in y'all, Nikki, that rhema that's been kicking around, you haven't missed it. You have not missed it. That revelation that he's kicking around in y'all, all that stuff y'all See, God in these last days, here's what he told me. He said, he said in the last days, he said, I'm going to raise people up. And in that time that I raised them up, that time, he said, it, it'll be, it'll seem to people, well, they, they only had a short period of time where they did, but the impact of that short period of time is going to be far greater than if you had 40 years. Here's the other thing. Some of you like, well, you know, like Shri, I hate this job. I'm not doing it. Well, you, I'm going to be honest with you. You know what? Right now. I have, a, I have a business where we, we detail airplanes. Ralph hates detailing airplanes. I was going to try to hire him, but he's like, I hate it. So, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. So, Ralph, he, you know, I, I talked to him about it. I detail, you know what? Um, I guess that would make me, I mean, honestly, if you, if you look at it, I guess now I'm a bivocational pastor. But you know what? I have no need to do that business. I did that business because the Lord told me to do it. Now, does it make me any less of a minister? Am I any less Pastor Ziggy than I was before I started that business? Am I any less of the evangelist that I was before I started that? No. So you know what that means? Those of you that are working, that have a career, that have an occupation, that you got a job, that doesn't make you... See, some of you right now, all you got is a Logos about who God called you to be. It's just something you wrote down. But when it becomes revelatory and a rhema, the nature of that word is going to bring about a change in your life that is going to bring the fulfillment of God's promises like never before. I was talking to Pastor Harris the other day on the telephone. Yesterday, day before yesterday, I called him up. I was driving somewhere. I called him up, just talking to him. As I was talking to him, I asked him how things were going. Of course, he says things are going great. And I, I, before the end of the conversation, I said this. I said, you know what, Pastor Harris? I said, God created you and I for this season. Oh, yeah. We were made for this. 
This is, this is our time. You know what? You, you said hallelujah. You know who I thought of? I thought of you, Charlie. I thought of you, Shelly. I thought of y'all. Th you know, because when people get, when they start getting older and they start getting in the, you know, some people say in the twilight of their years and their retirement age or whatever. And, and I, by no means am I saying y'all are in the twilight of your years. But you know how some people, you know, they think, and they think you've already, you've already been through. Your you know what? God, all this time, all this time that we've been alive and we've heard the word of the Lord and God has been talking to us. I believe that a part of what marks this generation is that God brought some of us through all this stuff that he brought us through. Some of us that seem to have been in the ministry a long time. But God really didn't intend for, God didn't really intend for the best of what we did to be behind us. God was really preparing us for this time. He was preparing us for Right. And I don't, I, I know some people say, well, you know, I, God gave me a word and he said he's going to use the young people in the last days. See, when we, when we try to look at the word of God from the perspective of our reasoning, to us that sounds like God's only going to use young people. But did you ever entertain the fact that what God was saying was young people have been left out of moves of the spirit in the past, but they won't be left out of this one? And that it didn't mean that it was going to be a youth revival at all. But that the young people would be engaged in this one and they wouldn't miss out on, on it like they have in previous moves. I thought y'all would be a little happier than what you are. See, some of you are like, you mean I'm stuck here? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you, you, ought to, you ought to be, do you understand? You're in a battle. The devil is trying to steal your vision. So now you, you know what you've got to do? You've got to fight the good fight. You've got to believe the word of God. What you're currently doing right now is, it, it does not take away from how in the world does what you're doing now change what God said? Right. You know, God, God didn't create you primarily to be a business owner. God made you an evangelist. Right. That's not going to happen. That's already done. Right. You are not a housekeeper. Amen. You're an evangelist. Today I'm, listen, today I'm ripping that identity of you being who you are in the natural. I'm taking that identity off of you by the Spirit in the name of Jesus. You're no longer going to identify with what you do in the natural. And I declare in the name of Jesus that you're going to reflect in every part of your life who God called you. When God looks at you, He don't call you housekeeper. He calls you evangelist. God don't see you as a as a as a uh, a, a duster of furniture. Come on. Come on. Go ahead, man. When God looks at you, He sees you as the reviver of nations. God never looked at you and said you a payroll specialist. 
When, when God looks at you, that was never, he never, not one time. God has never tagged you that way. God never tagged you. But you know what the devil keeps trying to tell you? Every day of your life, the devil keeps trying. Well, you missed it. You just did. All you is is a. I'm preaching right now. See, devil's been trying to tell Michael for years, you a roofer, you a roofer, you a roofer, you a roofer, you a roofer. Oh, you good roofer. Roof, roof. I know good and well this man, when God created him, when God looks at him, he does not tag him and mark him as a roofer. That's not what he is. There's a gift and there's a, there's a ministry and there's an anointing in Twyla. Amen, Twyla. Oh, Twyla, she's a stay-at-home uh, wife. Of course, Twyla's like, man, I wish I could stay at home. <laughs> Nobody know what Twyla does. Twyla word. <laughs> Business owner. See, here, here's the deal. Some of y'all don't know this. Twyla has authored a book. Not yet released. Do you know, you, know what, you know what the rhema word of God was for Twyla that many of us didn't hear? Author. Not authoring a book of uh, how, to, how to be married to a roofer <laughs> and survive. It ain't a book on handbags and high heels. She could probably write that book, but that's not what it's about. <laughs> She's like, I just got a rhema. <laughs> I just got a rhema. <laughs> Hats, handbags, and high heels. <laughs> no, author, author, author of what? Author of a book that God had birthed in her life about tra the transformation that he, she has undergone as a result of the entrance of God's Spirit into her life. Nakia. God, God's never seen you as a nurse. God never marked you with that mark. Are y'all here? The yeah. Carolyn, right. Ayla, are any of y'all hearing this? Yeah. Right. Derek, that's not when God created Derek. God created Derek for worship. Period. Oh, yeah. When God looks at him, God don't look at him. God. God don't look at him the way his natural boss looks at him. Right. Way people in the natural look at him. God sees the gift. He sees the purpose. He sees the plan. And you know what? You say, well, how does all this fit into the plan? I'll tell you how it fits into the plan. It got you to this place. It got you to this place. It might get you a little farther down the road to another place. But just, just because you wasn't full time, what does that mean, full time? You know, I start thinking about that. What does it mean full-time? Because you know what? I was in full-time ministry. 
I'm, I'm in full-time ministry when I'm working on a plane. That don't change. That don't change. That's a couple Wednesdays ago. A couple Wednesdays ago, I was working on Michael's plane, getting it cleaned up. It was on a Wednesday. Guess what? I was still full-time ministry working on that plane. Because you know what I was doing? I was rehearsing what it is that I was about to bring Wednesday night. And you know what? I brought it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because that's now. You know what? Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I went in the Lord give me that, put me in that business now. Because I would never identify myself as a detailer. I would never identify myself as a, uh, a, a polisher of paint, a paint corrector, a ceramic coater. See, the devil will try to use that to make what you're doing be menial. Be a drudgery. Devil's tried it with Annie. You know, God has never seen Annie as, the, as a statistical analyst. <laughs> as a secretary. As a payroll manager. He'd never seen her that way. You know how he's always seen her? This is my pastor. Always. You know what the devil has always tried to heap on her? You're just a lowly executive assistant. And if he get, if he gets you to identify and connect with that and forget about what God said. Where will God move? Where you allow him to move. You know how you're going to allow him to move where you're at? By identifying with what he said about you. Letting that become a rhema. I'm going to say these next things. And now now that I've said that, you can filter all this through what, what I just told you. What will he do? Whatever he's determined before in his heart to do. That's what he's going to do. Nothing more, nothing less. He's already written your story. He revealed it to you. There's not, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. You won't keep him from it. As long as you're determined to allow him by his spirit to get it done. He's already, he's already written your story. It's already done. It's already done. What will he do? Whatever he's already determined in his heart he's going to do. So you know what? Quit trying, to t- quit trying to tell people you know what God's going to do. Some of y'all don't know all that he's going to do. I know a portion of what he's going to do, but I don't know all of it. I do, I do, know, I do know what it's going to be surrounded by. I know what he's going to do with me. God's called me a prophet. He's called me an apostle. He's called me an evangelist. He's called me a pastor. He has called me a teacher. Whatever he does is going to be, it's going, it's, it's going to be centered and surrounded by that. That's what he said. Yes. Glory to God. Boy, I wish I, wish I hadn't wore you out. We could be shouting right now. Who will he use? I'll tell you who he'll use. Whosoever will. 
Whosoever will believe the truth and reject the lie. Whosoever will identify with what he said and reject what your flesh and what the devil says. Whosoever will make room for what he said about them and let him finish what he started. What will it look like? Man, I wish I could tell you. Let me, let me tell you what it'll look like. It'll look the way you expect it to look. But what he does will look unexpected. Because <laughs> some things he's going to do that are reminiscent of things that he's done. And then some things that he does are going to be like things we've never seen ever before. So you know what? How can we, how can we go into it with, with assurance, knowing exactly what it is that it will look like? See, that's why we got to be careful. We got to be careful with the, like what happens at, at Asbury. Because that didn't look like what we thought it ought to look like. We got to be careful with how God does things here. Last night with the, with the uh, back to school bash, you know what? That didn't look the way that we expected it to look. But we know good and well that there was a witness in our spirits that we were there doing what God told us to do. Listen, there's no reason for anyone to get down in the mouth. The last thing that we want to do is let the devil try to, try to sell us a bill of goods like that what we did was a failure. Just because what we expected didn't happen. You know what? If we got to do that a million times, we're out there not doing what we want to do. We're out there doing what we believe that the Lord Jesus has told us to do. We're doing our best to be faithful with what he spoke to us. Amen. We're doing our best to follow his spoken word unto us. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. As long as we're... I don't know if you all know this or not, because I, I, I was telling this. I think I was telling Tyler this. You know, we talk about supernatural increase. Some people think supernatural increase is about having enough to go on vacation and have a nice car and live in the night. I got news for you. When, when, when supernatural increase comes and God has you in your season, you ain't going to be in that house anyway. You ain't going to be in that house, sitting on that couch, watching that television, driving that side-by-side, -side, riding in that car. You're going to be out busy doing the Father's business. I'm leaving God for a boat. A boat you're not going to get to use. I've literally, listen, I've literally had every car that I ever wanted. Most of the time, I didn't drive those cars. You know who did? I didn't start driving my cars that I bought until we started Winter's Church. Until we started Winter's Church. 12 years ago. That's a, before then, Ted was, Ted was like, I like, this is, this is how the, listen, the enemy will mess with you. You know what Ted would tell me? Man, I, I'm believing God for me to have some new cars. I'm believing the Lord's going to give me a car this nice. Lord, bring it. Hallelujah. 
One day he made that statement. We was driving down the road. He said, Lord's going to bless me with the car. I said, Ted, how many miles does this car have on it? Oh, maybe at the time it had 30-some thousand miles on it. I said, how many of them miles did I drive? I don't think you drove none of them. He's about right. He'd driven nearly every. I said, Ted, I said, you drove nearly all 30,000 miles of those miles. I said, how much did you spend on gas? Nothing. I said, how much did you pay for a payment on this car you drove over 30,000 miles? Brand new car you drove over 30,000 miles. Nothing. How much insurance did you pay on this car you drove over 30,000 miles? He says, nothing. I said, what in the, what in the world? Are you praying for? What are you? What are you praying? You praying for a bill? Is that what you praying for? You praying for a loan payment? You praying for an insurance payment? You praying for gas to have to pay for gas? Bro, you ought to rejoice. You have driven. You have driven Mercedes Benz. You've driven Ford Expeditions. Yukon Denali's. You've driven and wrecked uh, <laughs> Cadillac Escalades. Huh? Porsche. Listen, this brother has driven and crashed nearly every kind of... <laughs> and you know what? He didn't, pay the, he didn't have to pay no deductible. Come on, some... Come on, Ted. You ought to lift up your hand. You ought to... Amen. We got to change our perspective. What does it look? What does it look like? What does it look like? Well, what if that's what it looks like? I'm gonna, I was going to say, I, I didn't really get into all that I was going to say, but anyway. I brought it and I didn't even... I was going to read you something out of it. Uh, I was, it's not a scripture. I just want to read you something. Let me, you know that book of Hebrews that we've been reading out of? Don't let it slip. Do you know why that was written? I'm going to read to you why this book of Hebrews. People don't know the history of the book of Hebrews. They don't know why it was written. But I'm going to give you the background of the book of Hebrews. Just In, a, a, in this uh, Spirit-Filled Life Bible, it tells you some stuff that's cool. Most early Christians were Jewish. This is why this was written, this book of Hebrews. Apparently, they expected Christ to return soon, but the delay of his coming and the persecutions against them may have caused them to wonder if they'd made the right choice in becoming Christians. Consequently, they were in danger of returning to Judaism. Supposedly, this book was written 70 years after Jesus' death. They were already ready to give up 70 years in. 70 years in, they were forgetting what God said. Here we are, 2023. <laughs> the, 
This epistle was written to wavering Jewish believers, encouraging them to stand fast in their faith. The writer points out the overwhelming superiority of Christ over all that they had experienced under the law. Jewish believers should never consider turning back because what Christ offered them was so much better than what the law promised under the Mosaic economy. The author dwells on the incomparable glory of the person and the work of Christ, showing his supremacy over prophets and the whole ritual of Judaism. Amen. Don't give up. Boy, that's right. That's right. Go ahead now. Don't give up. Glory to God. Turn to someone and tell them don't give up. Don't rely on, the, on your, own under, your own reasoning to capture what God is trying to say by His Spirit. And I know I've kept you a long while here today, but um, the work of the ministry is hard. Ministry work is hard. Do you, do you know why it's hard? Ministry work is hard. Come on, Bubba, play something so I can be quiet. <clears throat> Ministry work is hard because um, cause when it sucks, you got to be like Jesus. When you get up and you talk about a God of provision and your cabinets are empty. Go ahead, when you believe in, in a God of provision but you're struggling. You know the Bible doesn't tell us that when you know when your heart is overwhelmed Gripe and complain. Go ahead, uh, lead us to the rock. Lead us to the rock. It's higher than ourselves. <clears throat> it's, it, that's hard. That's hard because, because then you got people, you know, here I'm preaching. I'll be preaching. Uh, I've, to, I've, I've told you all this, but it, it's worth repeating. When I was going to Richmond for that whole year, over a year, for revival, sometimes the offerings didn't even pay for the fuel in the airplane. I was slowly taking money out of our savings account just to make the journey to the revival. God was moving. Only we weren't seeing him move in the area of finances like we had in the past. Now, you know, here's the thing. I'd, I'd gone to little tiny churches where $35,000, $40,000 come in the offering one day. Here we were having four or 500 people show up sometimes at these meetings. 
And we wouldn't, we wouldn't even get $1,000 come in and offering for the whole week. For the whole week. It didn't make sense to me. It, it just didn't make sense. But you know what? I'm not, about to try to, I'm not about to try to tell God how to do his business. I bound the devil. I rebuked evil spirits. I confessed the word. I believed God. And the finances in Richmond, while the whole time we was there, it never turned around. When we left Richmond, Indiana, the ministry account was empty. Our savings account, and Annie didn't even know it, because Annie don't, she don't even, she's just going through through life. Like, Where are we going on vacation? I'm like, girl, you you at it. This is it. Welcome to your vacation. I'm, I'm taking you, I'm taking you to the grocery store. That's where we're going on vacation. A new grocery store, one you ain't never been to. <laughs> I mean, in the natural, if I was speaking in the natural, here's what we were, broke. But you know what? I, I told the Lord, I said, you told me to do it. You're the supplier. If this was where we needed to sow, this is where we've sown. I've learned how to be a base and I've learned how to abound. I didn't get myself into this. Lord, you put me here. It's where you put us. I expected a windfall. I expected he would come through and just restore everything back to us because, you know, I've seen him do it. But you know what? That isn't what happened. About, took about two years. Took about two years. He just sustained us. That's the only time that our church... That's the only time that Winter's Church ever, we, where we didn't grow financially, where we kind of dipped financially. Only year we ever dipped financially was that during that time. I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I wasn't about to try to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out in the natural. I was just like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but after two years, it was like, Spirit of God came and he moved. And then he accelerated us to another place. He took us higher. See, some of you, some of you see what you're going through as being negative. Now you get the privilege of being called of God and enduring whatever it is you got to endure to be everything that he wants you to be. Congratulations. Amen. Congratulations. Some of you have made it to where a lot of people don't even, they don't even make it to this place. They're too busy trying to find a place that makes them feel good. Well, you'll feel good eventually. There'll be a time. You'll have your time. When, when, God, when the Spirit of God moves, listen, you're going to abound you're going to abound. Man, you're going to have so... Listen, you're going to have so much you're not going to know what to do. And, and, but you got to recognize it because when you abound, sometimes you... Like I went to Florida. I was abounding. I went to Florida. 
I stayed in a multi-million dollar condo on the ocean. Press a button and the shades come up all around. I was on like the 28th, 29th floor. I just stayed in there in my underwear. Could nobody see me? <laughs> what color? <laughs> yeah, you had to be here for that message. I said, I was, I was living large. My name wasn't, listen, here, here, well, I'd love to have me a place like this. Well, and the payment? Listen, I stay in there. It didn't cost me a penny. I didn't have to do the laundry. Guy that owned it sent somebody in there to clean every day. Filled the refrigerator. Listen, it was like magic. I'd pull stuff out of that fridge, consume it, leave the trash in the trash can. I'd come back later. All the trash was, it was like it replenished itself. All this, it's just there. Listen, it's a, oh. See, sometimes we don't, we don't see that as the blessing of the Lord. You know what? We got to do everything under His Lord. Stand up with me. Amen. See, some of y'all know I'm quitting now. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're standing up. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Sit back. No. <laughs> We're going to finish this thing, Lindsay. Man, why would, we, why would we come to this point? Only to mess up and not finish. So here's, here's, here's what I want to say to y'all. Some of y'all, some of y'all that are looking to, you, you, you women that are looking to quit your jobs, in the name of Jesus, I'm in agreement with you. I'm in agreement. You know what I'm in agreement for? Hilda coming full-time at Winter's Church. Leaving that job behind and coming here full-time at Winter's Church. Amen. I'm for that. Up till now, you know what she's got, what she got to do? She got to, she got to do work all over the place for the glory of God. To do what she, God, 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 God don't look at Hilda as being a paycom employee. She works for the Lord. She ain't going to work for Jesus. She already works for Jesus. But what an opportunity. What a privilege. To, to have been able not only to do the work of God, but to fund it. To give of your life to fund the work of God. For you and for others. I'm not sure, I'm not, listen, I'm not sure that's not the way God didn't intend for it to be. That we do everything that we've got to do to keep the vision alive. That's what you're doing when you're when you're doing your you're keeping that vision alive. Will will there will there be opportunity? Oh, amen. Listen, I, I believe that the rhema, the rhema coming to pass for y'all is y'all quitting y'all's jobs and being stay-at-home mothers. Amen. Not Lindsay. Lindsay's like I'm I'm with it. That one's not my word, Pastor. That's somebody else's word there. 
I'm talking to Jess back there. Amen. Amen. I'm talking to Ayla. Is that what Julie want to do? I'm talking to Julie in the name of Jesus. Jasmine in the name of Jesus. Is anybody else I'm talking to? Mary Ann. We have an announcement to make. No. That's what we're declaring. Amen. But I'm, I'm declaring Hilda. Boy, y'all see Hilda being here all, every day, all week. She'd be like, just bring, me a, just bring me a Starbucks. Everything will be okay. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> oh, But I believe there's a, there's a rhema that's coming, rolling around in our spirit. That rhema for full time at the church. You, you've been hearing it, Hilda. Jess, that's, a, that's, why, that's why you've been feeling that. Because you've been hearing it in your spirit. Ayla, you've been hearing it in your But that ain't you. That's, that's that rhema trying to be birthed up out of you. Shree, you want to get turn loose that business, God's got a way. It's a rhema. It's a rhema. But you know, we're going to do whatever we got to do now. So, you know what I'm, my prayer is? Is that God will help you to remain content where you find yourself right now. That the enemy won't be able to discourage you and keep these things that God is saying from coming to pass. You know what? I believe Nikki's supposed to hang out with us, travel with us for a bit. I do. We took her out there to Adrian. I, I sensed it in my spirit. I was like, Lord, what, what do we have to do to make that happen? Because I'm willing to do. I'm willing to. You know what? I'm willing to step out there. Nick, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm willing to. Tegan, I'm willing to step out there and get you on the road with us. I don't know whether your mom and dad will let you come, but... I'm willing to step out, honestly. Yeah, look, you go too. Yeah. Listen, I'm willing. Can I, can I tell you all something I believe God's going to get ready to do here? Gabe has this vision of, of doing worship at Revival and, and going different places and having worship. I was like, Gabe, he's like, I just need, I need a band. I need to get a band. Well, he's like, I think I'll fly in this one. I'll bring in that one. Well, I think he's, he's realizing that's not very it's not it's not easy to get people to fly from far away to come I said but you know what Gabe if we as a church would believe God and part of our team just part of our team say we had Gabe Derek Nakia and Tegan and Michael and Eric and, and Titus and Seth stayed here and y'all be gone with me three days and the church cover your expenses cover your hotel cover your food all you had to do is cover your fun stuff but we, we, if we made a way you know what I told the Lord? I said, Lord, I'm willing to step out there in faith and do it. 
Because every time I step out in faith to do what he wants me to do, he ends up taking care of the need. I wanted to test those waters. There was nothing like there was nothing like being over there in Adrian, Michigan, having Nakia and Gabe. Just having those two there. Every time we take our team to revival, we bring Winners Church wherever it is that we go to. Man, it helps me so much. Y'all don't even know. I get up there and it's like, huh. We, we just brought Winner's Church right here. There's nothing, there's nothing about it that I don't have to fight through nothing. I don't have to battle through nothing. I get up there and it's like being at home. Unfortunately for them, it makes me stay up there longer like I am here today. Man, the Spirit of God moves. But he's making a way. So you know what? Dream the dream. Dream the dream. Amen. If you will be faithful in what I called you to do at this moment, the ministry will come. But if you're faithful in what you do now, until the ministry overtakes it, more will I be glorified, says the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All y'all can receive that in the name of Jesus. Don't let the devil beat you up. We're in there. Amen. God's doing great things. Annie, we've been on, we've been on it. Sacrifices will be made, but they'll be worth it. Jesus will be magnified. His kingdom will come and his will will be done in the name of Jesus. How many of y'all receive this here today? How many of you, many of you hearing what I'm talking about? This is another prophet, this is another prophetic word for our for our church. Be ready. Be ready. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for what you've said. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for, for both the Logos and the Rhema. But my prayer, Lord, today is that that Rhema spoken living word will begin to break forth out of the soil of the lives of the hearts of your people in the name of Jesus. And may the soil that those words have been planted in be that good soil that that word will take root and go down and come forth strong unmovable unshakable unstoppable in Jesus name Lord we give you glory we give you praise in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord glory to God Well, you, I'll tell you this, you're in the right place. You want to fulfill his purpose. You're in the right place. I'm not just talking about being at Winter's Church. I'm, t- I'm talking about you're in the right place in the spirit. God is talking to all of us. And uh,
We're about to see the greatest things we've ever seen before in our entire lives. Amen. Praise God. Some of your family is about to abound in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, I, I, don't, I don't want to draw this out too much, but I don't want to cut the Lord off here. I, let, let's let me make sure. Come on, pray in the Spirit with me just for a second. Alright, I will. Thank God. Listen, you ladies that want to stay at home, come up here. Well, I thought you was coming, Brandon. I'm like, Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> Maybe I should have called for the men too. Yeah, Hilda, you jump in here for your deal. She's like, I'm jumping in. I'm, she said, the water is going to be troubled. I'm getting in with y'all. So listen, we're getting aggressive about this. We're not going to play about this. Listen, we're calling this done in the name of Jesus. We're calling this done in the name of Jesus. It's his desire. It's his desire. It's his desire. And then Mesa. So Lord, those that are mothers that want to stay home with their children, God, in the name of Jesus, come here, Tyler. Come here, Ayla, both of y'all. Lord, I thank you that you hadn't called them to do work uh, just this uh, work that they've been doing in the natural. But God, ultimately what you've called them to is to do the work of the ministry. And so, Lord, I know for them they will step out of a, a natural occupation and they will take upon themselves the role of full-time ministers of the gospel. And so, Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you're bringing it to pass. Lord, it's already done. Listen. I'm, how many of y'all? How many of y'all know this? Now, you, here's what you have to understand about our church: we'll we'll put a title on people, but before we put a title on people, God has put His title on them long before we put a title on them. You know what I mean? Like Nakia, she was a worship leader before we said she's our worship leader. You know what I mean? That title, the Lord had, in, and we all knew it, but we we eventually we said. Hey, we're, we're, uh, we're making this Facebook official. I mean, that was all it was doing, is that we were just making it official to, to, to everybody. And so I know there's some people like, um, they see Tyler, they're like, Tyler and Ayla got it. They're more than just, you know, uh, we've, we've not given them a title in this church. But you all, you all know that they've, they've fun they're functioning in the, in the uh, over in that realm of being associates in this church. Ray Charles raised from the dead could see it. And some of us act like, don't nobody know this. Now, everybody knows it. Now, is it is it on the website? No, it ain't on the website. Does it have to be to make it right? 
Does it have to be to make it real? Does it have to be to make it official? No, God said it. See, a lot of people don't know Tyler or Ayla's story. They don't know what all has transpired for them to get to this point. At one time, the devil was like, I'm going to squash any chances you have of being anything, not only in this church, but in ministry, period, for the both of them. And you know what God said? God said, oh, I'm about to arise, and your enemies are about to be scattered. Amen. And now you know what? That enemy is nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Because the enemy's been scattered. So, you know, I acknowledge what heaven says. Um, I told Tyler and Ayla, I was like, you know, I'm thinking we maybe need to make y'all elders. And the Lord said, no, because no. Because they're not, they're not elders. It's not what he's... God, had, God don't call them elders. Because it's not that simple. It's like Sharif. I told Sharif, I said, Sharif, I think I, was, I think we made. I said, I think we need to, need to make you an elder. And then the Lord said, No, because she ain't no elder. I said, Well, so what do I do here? What do I do here? I think you all know Sheree, She functions in the ministry gift. Sheree is the. She is one of the evangelists of this church. Period. She is one of the evangelists of this church. That's enough. No church has a title for, you know, no church has a title for what she does. So you know what? We're going to make the title. Shree is the evangelist of this church. She's the evangelist of this church. She's a ministry gift. She's not an evangelist in the sense of how they do in the black church. Because the black church, they call women evangelists because they can't be pastors. Isn't that true? They can't call you because Bible says women shouldn't preach. No, that's not why we're calling you evangelists. You're an evangelist because that's, that's, God put you as an evangelist. And so I just want to say this today, make it, put it out there, and, and uh, we'll even put it on the website. But Tyler and Ayla, they're associate pastors in this church. That's what they are. We, we have, we have, we have uh, them in that associate's, you know, position because the Lord saw to it that he put him there. Same happened with, same happened with Hilda and David. Amen. People looked at Hilda and David, they're like, no, man, they're not, they're just not. Well, we, 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 that's what we call them. They're our associate. If you call David Pastor David, that would be appropriate. If you said Hilda Pastor Hilda, that would be appropriate. If you say to Tyler after today, Pastor Tyler, that would be appropriate. If you said to Ayla, Pastor, that would be appropriate. Because that's the position that these people hold in the spirit. Amen. That's what God says. Because that's how he sees it. So I declare in the name of Jesus, you're going to be released into your ministry to do do God's will in in Jesus' name. God's going to take you higher. He's going to take you farther. We call it done. You're coming off that job in the name of Jesus. You're coming off that job to be a mama. To be a mother to your children. To be the woman of the house that you, God has, God, that God has given you stewardship over in the name of Jesus. And every penny and every, every nickel and every dime and every dollar necessary is going to be supplied 
to y'all's houses to take care of every need in the name of Jesus. Truly, we call it done in the name of Jesus. You standing in that place. Glory to God. And I come into agreement with you and I come into agreement with heaven in Jesus' name that this is, this is being settled now for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Carolyn, in the name of Jesus, you go step into your ministry. And you go do that work. Stepping out of the world system and into the word system. In the name of Jesus. Anna, for the glory of God. I come into agreement with you in Jesus' name. God's sending you a godly man. A man that stands upright and lives right before God. Who honors you and honors your faith. A man who honors your commitment to the Lord. Who's willing to stand and believe God with you. Glory to God. One who's willing to establish himself on the word. Who's going to give up his church to come to Winner's Church in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to pray it the way I hear it in the name of Jesus. I declare that you're not going to wait. Listen, you, you're going, you're going, God's going to send you a man. He's going to be a godly man. He's going to live uprightly before the Lord. He's going to honor you. He's going to honor God. He's, he's, going, to, he's going to believe many of the things that you believe. But here, here's, here's, the thing that I'm, here's the thing that I'm believing for. Here's what I'm hearing in my spirit. You're not going to wait to have children. You're going to have children straightway. And you can have as many kids as you want to have in the name of Jesus. That's our declaration. And you're going to be a, a good mother to, to awesome children. And every dream that you've had is going to be fulfilled in Jesus' name when it comes to having a family and being a mother. I loose that to you in the name of Jesus. Because your dream is not a dream uh, that, is, uh, that has been... Uh, you haven't conjured up that dream. That dream is a dream that has been birthed out of the Holy Ghost. That's God's plan for you in the name of Jesus. I agree, Nikki, that you're going to do, you, you, you and I, we're going to hang out. We're going to travel. That's, I agree, in the name of Jesus. And if it's a week at a time here and there for a while, and, and, you're, and you're doing whatever it is that you got to do, however it is, of course, I, man, I appreciate the, uh, I, I totally appreciate you, how you and Lewis are working together in this season. But I, I hear this in my spirit. Neither one of you are working against what God's doing. Neither one of you are working against what God's doing. Y'all are working together to see to it that God will be able to do everything that he wants to do. And so I declare in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you're going you're gonna, to, you're going to do whatever is necessary to make all this work out, even though in the natural we can't figure it out. God, you have a way in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that your hand is on Nikki and Lewis right now. 
Things are changing in y'all's house, in y'all's family. Things are changing. It's, it's not going to change. It's changing now. You're in the midst of change. And the Spirit of the Lord is working. And you're working with Him in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Jasmine. Shoroboya. And I come into agreement with her and Andrew. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. We call it done. We thank you for it, Father. I thank you, Father. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, that you are you are you're gonna fill this house. Dom Rosso de Judea. I don't know with Jojo, some may all already claim the quiver is full because he's a handful. But I declare in the name of Jesus because you don't just want one. I declare in the name of Jesus, y'all go have as many as you want. Thank God. And maybe even one extra. Glory to God. But I declare that your house is going to be filled with laughter and joy and peace. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving them the desires of their heart. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Lord, I come into agreement with Hilda. Lord, we call every penny in, every dime in for her to come and to put all of her efforts in, in this house, in this fellowship, in this church, to build this house. God, that's what you brought her here for. And we we decreed it. We're declaring it. Lord, I look forward to the days of walking in the doors of whatever building that we occupy and seeing her and her children in this place filled with joy and laughter, them running around this house, declaring your goodness in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Rebesa, Lebre Edebasa, Dora Jabalet, Edebosa. Lord, let it be before Jack even gets out of diapers in Jesus' name. Let it be soon, God, in the Masa in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. I come into agreement with her. I, I agree with Cherie, God. We don't know how this business stuff's going to work, Lord, whether she sells it and makes a billion dollars or whether she remains over it and just gives over whatever it is. Lord, she's willing. We're willing no matter what. But God, she's already preaching in her pulpit now. She's already preaching in her pulpit now. Lord, I thank you that you've given her a voice and that her voice is only going to get louder. Lord, direct us as a church. Direct me, Lord, as her pastor, as a, as a spiritual father to her. Lord, help me to be be able to see, Lord, with spiritual eyes. Lord, I want to tell you this, uh, Sheree, that when the, time, when the time came, when the time came for some to move into another area, you know, I remember I looked at Danny one day. I, I, I never dreamed the Lord would ever take Danny away from this ministry. But I looked at Danny one day. The Lord said, I need for him to stay here in Columbus. And I looked at him and said, Danny, Lord says you need to stay here. He said, he said like Elisha did. He said, as the Lord lives and as I soul lives, I'll not leave you. And I knew he meant it. <laughs> but I said to him, I said, I'm not trying to ditch you. You got to stay here because God has something for you to do here. And he did. He stayed. And I don't think that was the I don't think that was God's perfect will, but I think 
that because of who he married, it, it made it, she made it where he had to stay. I don't believe God ever wanted you to leave this man. But there's going to come a time when you're going to be too busy to hang out with me sometimes. There'll be sometimes you're going to be too busy to come to him. You're going to hate it, but you're going to go. And you're going to do what God, and you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to stay hanging around. You're going to do what he tells you to do. And then when you can, you're going to come and join us. But I declare in the name of Jesus that nobody's going to keep you from what God has for you. Not you, not me, not nobody. The Lord is going to fulfill his purpose and you're going to do the dream that God has dreamed about you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I declare, I declare Lord, that Omesta, Fregidea, whether it be through a billionaire, whether it be through a billion people sowing a dollar every month, whatever it is, however it is, God, that you're going to secure this ministry. We call it, if Lord, if we, if this church has to take her on and pay her on staff to be the evangelist of it, then Lord, so be it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're looking for you to lead us and to guide us. Your way, God, in the name of Jesus. But she will fulfill your purpose. She will do the work of the of an evangelist, Lord. Not, not as a lay evangelist, but Lord, uh, as a ministry gift evangelist in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it. Well, let's give God praise. Amen. Hola, base. Arrechedo. Ayedagoya. I agree with Rhonda. <laughs> I agree with Rhonda, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, your vision, your purpose fulfilled. Her rising up and standing, Lord, in that place. Nombrose, nothing, nothing lacking, nothing missing. Everything in place, Lord. Temoreseda, Dora Judea. Helefred, every need met. Korosobora Shadaya. Herebrosoda for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. I release her into it in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we'll give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Praise God in the name of Jesus. All right, listen. This week. I want you all to continue to meditate on the Word of God. Let the Spirit continue to work in you. I think we stayed as long as probably we needed to. Tonight, I got to be in Con. Listen, I got to be in Con. Some of y'all like, I got things to do. Me too. So, uh, (laughs) we start revival tonight in Con. So, keep us in your prayers as we go and as we uh, uh, go to Con. But uh, let this Word continue to marinate in you. And let God continue to work His work in you. Let Him continue to show you His way and His, His purpose in the name of Jesus. And we're back here. Do we have something tomorrow? Healing room. Who's doing healing room? Is it Shelby? Shelby be... Yep, we got Conowa tomorrow night. But Shelby, he be here for healing room. We'll be over in Conowa till Wednesday. If you can come, come. I think I might be flying one or two days. Reach out to me if you... Uh, it'll probably just be myself, I think. You, you flying with me or are you driving? He's driving. So uh, it'll just be me in the airplane. Someone wants to tag along. So um, I love you. Go in his presence before you leave here. Love someone because you do. I'll see you all here over the next couple of days. Keep me in your prayers as we go to Conway in Jesus' name.